0: On the Grindhouse Girls podcast, we discuss all things spoopy, scary, and strange. Some content may be disturbing or graphic in nature. Listener discretion is advised.
1: Hello there, Grindhouse Girls friends and fam. What do you get when you take a woman who grew up with a dermatologist's father and a gynecologist's mother... Thus becoming very comfortable with the human body. A director who is also influenced by genre blending South Korean furlers and who strives to make a sympathetic, cannibalistic character. Well, if you guess French director Julia Deconneau,
0: who directed our film of the week, Raw, which is currently streaming on Netflix, then you guessed correctly raw a movie so brilliant that some outlets have called it one of the best horror films of the decade and a movie so divisive that some have claimed that they are just unable to stomach it so sit back and grab some protein this is the grindhouse girls podcast hi there this is katie
1: and hi i'm Brittany. and this is the grindhouse girls podcast yes i'm saying it (laughs) (laughs) yes So yeah, so as Katie has said, we are doing Raw this week, which is currently streaming on Netflix, and how are you doing, Katie?
0: I'm great. I'm so very excited about this movie, because I saw this movie, I want to say in 2017, and uh, it really resonated with me, and I did hear about it because it's very infamous, but then when I saw it, it was so much more than what people told me. And so, and I think Brittany said about the same thing when she finally saw it. So, I'm excited to do this movie. Um, I'm doing pretty good. It's um, my best friend Kat's birthday today. Happy birthday, Kat. Um, I get to see her this weekend. I think we're going to see Halloween Kills, which is fun. And I get to see my sister this weekend, too. So, that's also good. Oh,
1: very sweet. How are you? also... Oh, good. I'm good. I'm good. It's also, I wanted to say, um, I believe it's our friend Dalton's birthday tomorrow. So happy early birthday, Dalton. So, happy birthday, Dalton. Yay. Um, but I, I'm doing fine. I am still busy. Uh, we had a talk where last October, it seemed like I was doing something every single day or just about every single day in yeah. this coming weekend. This coming weekend, I'm incredibly busy, so it still feels like I'm always doing something. Now, did you watch anything interesting this weekend?
0: I actually Well, I know at least one thing, so. Yes, yes, yes. And we we discussed this before. We didn't have any housekeeping this week. I didn't notice anything, but please tell us if I said something wrong. I think I caught all the stupid things we said this week. So, mostly me, but you know. Um, but yes, so we both went and saw Last Night in Soho Um, on Friday. It was kind of our uh, Halloween weekend opener. We both dressed up like we were from London. We both wore trench coats, but it was raining, so it felt appropriate. It did. So, and I really, really, really liked it. It's not perfect, but I really like it. I do think Baby Driver is a stronger film. But I loved this movie, and I loved how it looked, and I loved the music. And I think I might get the same
1: haircut as the main character. (laughs) So obviously I I got obsessed. I didn't... I didn't love the the script as much I mean i I like the originality it's it's definitely a very original movie I haven't seen anything like it, but as far as the style of it, like Katie said it's a beautiful movie to watch the fashions on point mm-hmm. the cinematography's good and the acting's really really great yeah um so I did like all those aspects of it um I wouldn't say it's Edgar Wright's strongest movie um but like I said it's still very original and I can definitely wholeheartedly appreciate anything original in a and a world full of remakes um, and sequels. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. I think Britney. as soon as the movie ended, was like,
0: it's a good movie. It's not a great movie. Yes. But it was a very good movie. And I was like, I loved it. I, was, I, like, I think I loved it more for the sentimentality of it. Yeah. And I will say, Edgar Wright did his due diligence. And when you see the movie, you'll understand why he did this. But he did a lot of research and firsthand accounts of how the entertainment industry, especially in London yeah. in the 60s, really used and abused women. And a lot of sexual assault survivors he talked to and interviewed um, because it, that does come into play in this movie. And you get that. And I think that aspect is very interesting. Yeah. Um, I think in another movie it would have felt like a malignant turn of events. But I feel like the way that was brought in for that specific character, I think he did it the best way you could, and you still felt very sympathetic for this character that you probably wouldn't in a movie like Malignant. Yeah,
1: and it's the uh, it's the last film appearance of Diana Rigg, the late great yes. Diana Rigg. and the movie's dedicated to her, which is yes. really really sweet. So, and of course, Thomason and uh, Anna Taylor Joy are just both phenomenal young actresses. So I haven't been I haven't been disappointed in anything I've seen either of them in yet. Yeah, I just haven't. So. Yeah, they
0: were both really really good. I even liked the supporting character. the fr- mm-hmm. The supporting characters were good too. Uh, her grandma was cute. And yeah. then her friend, I can't remember the friend's name, the the guy, oh, the yeah. male friend. I can't remember his name, but I really liked John, maybe? It might have been John. Um, I really liked him. And there was a really bitchy girl who I hated her character, but I think the girl that played her did a really good job. Um, yeah. And then Matt Smith did a really good job. And the older gentleman as
1: well. Oh yeah, I loved him.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of, and uh, by the way, the female screenwriter that helped write the film, because Edgar Wright kind of came up with this idea, and apparently he told Anya Taylor-Joy about this movie in 2017 when he presented her with an award for the Vavich. Oh. And he told her, he's like, I think you would be great, and he was thinking she was going to be Thomas and Mackenzie's character back then, because she was like 17. Or no, she was 17, it wasn't 2017, but she was 17 mm-hmm. when he told her that. And then he kept running into her because <laughs> he got distracted because he was supposed to do Ant-Man and then he left and then he did Baby Driver and he kept seeing her at stuff and apparently he was like, don't worry, I am writing that script. You are going to be in this movie, I promise. And he was like, I felt like such a jerk because I was like the boy who cried wolf with this movie for her. And then like by the time he enlisted the help of the screenwriter and I'm blanking on her name, but um, she, she a lot of her is in this film too. Um, she was like, oh, a little too old. So he was like, I think you'd be better as this character and not that character. So that's why Thomas and Mackenzie got uh, to come on to the scene. And I like it because they're slightly different ages, but not that different. Um, but the, the screenwriter, she used to work at the pub that's featured in the movie. Ah. And that's why it's featured so prominently. The toucan. That's awesome. But, yeah, I liked it. I think it's worth seeing in theaters because it's so beautiful.
1: Yeah, and you know what's interesting is you said that because verbatim I had a friend on Facebook today say the exact same thing about antlers, which I haven't seen.
0: (gasps) Oh, yeah, Yeah. that was the other one I went to go see, but I don't know if I'll get to see it in theaters at this point.
1: Yeah, I feel you there. Um, But because it hasn't... um, I know we said this on the podcast before. I really like the short story it's based on. The short story is online for free. I think um, it's on The Guardian. Um, But I like the short story, but the reviews haven't been very great for it. I think it's sitting around 60% on Rotten Tomatoes. But... The friend said the exact same thing. He said that, you know, please go see it in theaters. It's a beautiful movie to see in theaters. And it's not everyone's cup of tea, but it's very original. And I get that. Um, and I do like originality in movies. And I feel yeah. like me and you have seen a lot of very original films in yeah. theaters in the past couple months. We have.
0: So, oh, the yeah. other movie I saw, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I decided, so on Halloween, we did Halloween stuff on the 30th. Um, which, if you didn't see, we dressed up, we both dressed up on Saturday night as Grindhills Girls podcast movie characters. Yay! Uh, Britt was Rose the Hat, and I was Danny from Midsummer, obviously, because what else was I going to be this year? Uh, <laughs> but we, uh, like, Halloween itself was on Sunday, so my parents came over, and we were, like, giving, oh, and I got to meet my my puppy nephews, my fur nephews, my brother got, Aww. and his girlfriend got pu- Two brothers, and I got to go play with them. But I can't bring Gizmo because they have to get their third round of shots. But still, it was really fun. And so we were just, like, hanging out, giving out candy. But they left at, like, 7.30 because it's getting darker earlier. So that was pretty much when trick-or-treaters were done in my neighborhood. And so I was like, oh, that new uh, Kate Siegel movie's on Netflix. So I ended up watching Hypnotic, which I will say, for a Netflix, straight-to-Netflix horror film it was actually very good. Okay. Like, it wasn't, like, malignant where it was, like, so silly, like, must-see. But I really was not disappointed in it. It was a pretty straight – it wasn't completely straightforward. There were a lot of twists and stuff. And I think if it was a lesser actress, it would be really stupid. But because it's Kate Siegel, you know, she's – you know <laughs> the lovely Kate Siegel – uh, she's in all of the Mike Flanagan things. She just finished screaming her heart out in uh Midnight Mass, but she was also Theodora in uh Haunting of Hill House. Which I was to say that was your runner up costume.
1: I Yes, it was. So yes.
0: but I got I got it, but it took me two guesses.
1: Yeah, but. at least you at least you recognized it. Literally, my mom and Taylor were like, "I don't know." I was it like, was you were dead on. Movie?
0: You watched the show with me, so you you, you did it dead on. But also, I've seen Haunting of Hill House, I think three or four times because yeah. I just I didn't watch it this year because I watched Midnight Mass instead. Um, but yeah, but I think it's really good. I think um, the 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 Gus from Psych is the detective mm-hmm. in it, and he's actually very good. He does not sound like himself on Psych at all. Like, he sounds very, very, um, like, mature. And he almost sounds like Keith Stanfield when Lakeith Stanfield was on Death Note, which I've only seen bits and pieces of, but, you know, he's, like, really deep voice and stuff. and Like, yeah. very serious. It's kind of how this guy sounds, which I was, like, used to him being in, like, a very broad comedic TV show, so that was different. But I thought he did a really good job, too. And, uh, yeah, it's interesting. I won't give, like, I won't give too much away. It's just, like, this woman who's going through a lot of personal problems goes to a psychotherapist who's, like, he, used, he uses hypnosis and he gets his clients all these, like, like uh, amazing career opportunities and, like, people just start having the best time in life when they start seeing him. But then also people mysteriously start dying. And so she starts thinking that his interest in her is more than just professional basically. And then, of course, I watched Hocus Pocus Halloween and uh, two of my favorite Boy Meets World episodes, The Witches of Pembroke and uh, and then there was Sean. Nice. Because <laughs> you have to. Nice. I love those two episodes. Oh, I love the end of Witches of Pembroke. You gotta love Halloween. It really brings people together. It's great. And Sabrina makes an uh, appearance. Anyways, do you watch anything
1: else? I did. So I finished uh, you season three. Um, oh, how was but, it? Yeah. Uh, so I know you haven't watched you, and I don't really want to spoil it for you in case you did. I feel like um, in the ranking, I still think the first season is the best. I think this third season was better than the second season, though. And all three seasons That's are good. decent. Like they're all they're all enjoyable enough that you'll still keep watching episode after episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. So finish that up. Um, it's probably a guilty pleasure but it's something i enjoy That's watching okay. um and then i also watched halloween kills um well, which what? i know you're gonna go see with your friend uh but it was awful um <gasps> awful, oh, no. awful. Uh, so yeah but uh, you will <laughs> have to tell me what you think about next week and maybe we can go into uh, a few things that I'm, are am too spoilery so <laughs> i hope it's
0: because okay kat and i went to see it and kat is does not like clowns. Like, she, yeah. it has always been, I mean, she really is does not like clowns, but she did face her fear to watch it and she made it through. But she, we both laughed when Pennywise was dancing when it was supposed to be kind of menacing. We were both like, that is so dumb.
1: Like, he, you know, the whole Pennywise movie, I was he like, I was like,
0: because he's just like, I was like, this is silly. This is, this is batshit, y'all. So, like, and Kat loves horror movies, but she likes going and seeing them in theater more than, like, at home. Yeah. I'll take them wherever. like I like sitting at home watching scary movies. Um, but it's nice to return to theaters. And she hasn't yes. really been to a theater since the pandemic. So she's like, let's go do that. And I was like, okay, I'll go see Halloween Kills. I feel bad that we saw... I don't really feel bad because Lamb was definitely more my cup of tea. But I felt yes. a little bad being horror movie podcasters. And I was like, yeah, it's great. Halloween Kills is out. We're seeing Lamb. Yeah. <laughs> ah! Oh, yeah
1: was because halloween kills just is not okay so what's funny i will say this this is this is most people already know this so but taylor goes well it it ends i was like no the next movie is halloween ends he's like no this movie it ends everything and taylor wasn't understanding that i'm like no there's one more movie after this one called halloween ends and he was like wait there's another one i was like yeah there's (laughs) on the very same night guys um,
0: oh my so, god wait is it yeah. still the same night because it like it's not mm.
1: that's like cat
0: uh, cat didn't know which i don't blame her for not knowing because i was confused about this too but she didn't know that the other halloween movie retconned everything because she hasn't seen halloween 2018 either uh, and she okay. was like wait i thought this one was like basically just ignoring three through whatever and I was like nah it also cut out Halloween 2 which is one of my favorites and she was like that's one of my favorites too what bunch of bullshit and I was like I know like I like the second Halloween movie I think it's more classic slasher like it doesn't have the setup that the first one has but I really like it and I've always liked it and they used to play it a lot on TV. I feel like that's like that and Scream too. They used to play both of them like a lot on AMC. And I really like it. So I don't like that they retcon the second one. I get retconning 3 through, what, 7? But yeah. I don't get erasing Halloween 2. I don't get that. Except I guess that's when you find
1: out they're related. Exactly. And that's what they really wanted to retcon was the relation. Because they went back to the idea of like the shape michael just like following Lori, just being obsessed with her and there was no discernible reason for him being obsessed with her which is even scarier um yeah but it, is. Will, it is scarier i will say this slight spoiler just a very slight one i think one of the things i don't like about this halloween and even my friend stephanie who was with me watching it was just like he it seems like the movies the the killings in this movie are overkill and you'll understand Mm. exactly so it feels like michael i saw some fight choreography from it and it did seem a little insane it feels like michael so we don't really know why michael kills in the original halloween but this movie really seemed to grasp the idea that he killed it for like a sick pleasure he kills people for a sick pleasure I don't know. I There's just a lot of things that just felt off about this movie to me, and I'll just say it that, and we'll talk about it more uh, next week, so. <laughs> um,
0: I can't wait to see it. Yes. If it's bad, if it's bad enough that I laugh at it, I'll be fine.
1: Yeah. I think you will at some point. Okay.
0: Well, I guess with that, we shall get into the introduction to Raw, which is also called Grave in... This original title was called Grave, or probably Grave in French. Okay. Um, this is a French film, obviously, because um, I just said it used to be in French, um, by Julia D'Arnaud. Um, I silly love going on Google Translate and listening to both the American and French pronunciations of her name. Um, if you guys get bored doing that, I highly suggest it. Cause I mean, listen to this. Doesn't this sound beautiful?
1: Julia D'Acourneau.
0: Gorgeous, yes. beautiful, normal. Yes. This is the English version.
1: Julia Dacourno. <laughs> oh, so
0: we'll say it one or the other way. Apparently, um, apparently, Google Translate says either is okay. But um, Julia D'Acourneau is a French filmmaker. This is actually her feature debut, which is totally us. Yeah. Uh, we always seem to pick them. <laughs> And um, this movie originally was rated NC-17 for graphic violence. Um, It kind of got infamous because at, I think, its premiere, wasn't it the premiere? I think
1: uh, it
0: was. Several people fainted, or two people fainted. But, you know, the whole rumor was people were fainting and vomiting and people left the theater And I think people did leave the theater. And I will say this movie is not for everybody. There is graphic violence. And a lot of blood. But it's not the gore porn that you would think it is from hearing all the rumors. Because I know one of the reasons I watched it was I was like, what the hell is this movie? Why is everyone fainting? I was just interested. And then I watched it and I was like... Oh, okay. This is much more of a, an emotional movie. Like, it's, yeah. it's way more interesting than that. Um, and, yeah. So, in L.A., apparently, they handed out vomit bags and 30 people left early. Um, it also is one of Hideo Kojima's favorite films of 2018. If that tells you anything. If you like Hideo Kojima, I think we all do. Um, and it was shot in Belgium. And um, I really like this movie. It's a coming-of-age story, but it is also... We'll get more into this when we get into the plot, but it's also making something taboo relatable. That's a big thing she set out to do.
1: But we won't touch on
0: exactly why until we get into spoilers, because I think... I didn't know the full premise of this movie until I watched it, and it really made me, like... I was shocked in a great way during certain scenes, because I didn't know it was going to go there. So... yeah.
1: I love it. Uh, do you have any any fun info? Yeah, so I have a little bit. So, of course, we, uh, me, you have talked about uh, her most recent film, Tatum, which we saw in theaters. She directed the shorts Junior and Mange, uh, which she mm-hmm. also wrote. She directed two episodes of the TV show Servant. Um, and so her works all have this very body horror element to them. Uh, mm-hmm. she was largely inspired by David Cronenberg, who she found of her own accord. And that's what the reason she loves Cronenberg so much is because she's like, no one introduced me to him. I found him and loved his Aww. movies. Yeah. That's so that's how I feel yeah. about
0: this movie for me. Like, I mean, people did tell me about it, but once I saw it, I was like, I like this director. And then when Tatan came out, I was like, oh, I have to see her next movie. Like, oh yeah. And I still, I still tell people about her movies. Like, I was trying to explain to Tan, to coworkers, and yeah. I went to, the, like, the most basic <laughs> version, because I don't think they're going to go see it, and they just started laughing. I was like, I know the premise sounds silly, but it is not. It's so much better than how it sounds. I probably. Oh, I know.
1: It sounds, like, fucking batshit crazy, and then you watch it, and it you're is, like, wow, but... this is a really good movie, and <laughs> yeah. I still would just pay the price of admission again just for the opening scene, because... <laughs> Ivy, mean, I'll say that every time. Well, not the opening uh,
0: scene, the, op- yeah. the dance number. The dance number. Because opening. the opening scene's kind of disturbing.
1: Oh, am I, am I, the, maybe I'm thinking, oh.
0: It oh, yes, yes, yes. The, Yeah.
1: Yeah, okay, yeah, but the dance number at the beginning, which happens in, like the first two minutes. Which,
0: we'll get into this, but both of the, her movies start with a car accident.
1: They do, they do, yeah. Um, And so also, even though her movies feature very strong and darkly identifiable characters, she does not want her movies to be relatable to only women. So even though she's a woman filmmaker, she doesn't like that. Like, I was telling Katie, she Mm -hmm. said, you know, I just want to be called a filmmaker. I don't want to be called a woman filmmaker. Don't let anyone put you in a bubble. I want my movies to... Uh, mm-hmm. to resonate with everybody. And so, which is the main reason, um, slight spoiler, she didn't want menstruation to be a part of Raw. Uh, mm-hmm. She said the hair pulling, the skin, the sweat, the desire, they can relate to that. Men and women can both relate to that. And yeah. I see my feminism as stopping generalizing movies and to sure um, make everyone sure they can identify with a girl. Um, yeah. And I really like that. That's a really cool way of like thinking. Yeah.
0: And I think another thing that she said in an interview that I watched a lot, I watched an interview at New York Film Festival and Build and um, one more, but I can't remember what the other one was, but I watched them on YouTube. She did a lot of interviews for Raw because it really did take the horror world by storm. Um, But she was like, surprisingly, she was like, provocation was not really in her plan at all. She wasn't trying to make this movie to be provocative at all. Um, She just thought that it was ironic that, we'll say, the ailment that two of the main characters suffer from is often featured as an alien trait, and they always place people with this ailment in their own category, like they're separate from humanity. But it is a part of life, and it is a truth that we have to accept, even if it's not a good thing, you still have to accept it, because repression does not lead to growth. If you repress things, you're never going to grow. So if you accept the darkest truths, that's the only way you're going to grow as a person, as a society. Which is why, like, this movie does go very dark and very into this ailment. Um, But yeah, I love that she's not willing to repress things. And I like that.
1: You know what's funny? you mentioned You mentioned truth being a part of her. um, And I Mm -hmm. love that there's a quote that I saw by her. And she's like, Um, she said you're always looking for the truth and I found the form of truth first in fairy tales and then in horror movies. Mm. And I
0: love that.
1: I those are like my two favorites. I know (laughs) me too. Like when you're like if you would have thunk it. (laughs) If you're a kid who likes dark fairy tales, and then you grow up to like dark horror movies, well, welcome to the club. Uh, Yeah,
0: I know. We oh, and by the way, next week we were going to do Devil's Backbone, which is kind of another fairy tale movie, but it's not streaming anymore. So we have another movie picked out. Britt picked out another really good one. But yes, I feel like a lot of our fairy tale movies like aren't always streaming. But we've done a fair share. I think Crimson Peak kind of rides that line between a fairy tale. And this, a lot of gear del Toro stuff does.
1: Oh yeah, and I feel like a lot of horror movies, maybe with the exception of slasher flicks, can find themselves within a fairy mm-hmm. tale element because you yeah. know it goes back. And I'm going to be a real big fucking nerd here, um, but I took <laughs> an English, I took an English class um, which was fairy tales as literature, and they did the oh, yeah. Thompson. And Thompson Index, which is basically like all the stories in the world can be broken down into eight different categories. And I'm like, mm-hmm. when you look at scary movies, they're kind of the similar same way in that you have all these different kind of like subgenres, but then yeah. you can put them on the under a blanket like an umbrella of major genres. Like you have your ghost stories, you have your slasher movies. Yeah. So I think that's really interesting when you think about it. Midsummer's of Midsummer's a fairy tale.
0: Oh, it is. Oh yeah. my God, I really want to like have like if we ever do a photo shoot like I know we're going to do a photo shoot of me and Gizmo but I've always wanted to do like one in the forest where I'm just like I want to be like freaking Ophelia in like a long green dress and just like or a white dress and just be like a fairy tale princess or uh Sleeping Beauty was always my my princess even though I know she sleeps through half the movie I know a
1: but she's like
0: favorite too she, she looks like well she and she was the The princess that had, like, the same... Like, you know, there's Cinderella and she's blonde, but I felt like she looked the most like me. And I also had the Aurora Sleeping Beauty uh, Barbie doll that her eyes would close when you put cold water, and they would open when you put hot water on her face. And I did that many times until they wouldn't do it anymore. And her dress changed colors, too. You flipped it around, and it was blue. You flipped it around, and it was pink. And I've always wanted to be Sleeping Beauty for Halloween, but... Like, I feel like I can't just be Sleeping Beauty. I need other people to be other fairy tales. We should do that because you would make a beautiful Snow White. Even, I don't oh, know if you, you love Snow White, but you would be perfect for Snow White. You are not
1: the first person to tell me that. Our good friend, uh, Grace, used to tell me that all time Snow was her favorite. And she was like, in your face, you could actually be Snow White at Disney World because you have Snow White's face shape. You so do. I, you throw I, the I lipstick I'm
0: wearing on and you are, like, straight Snow White. I'm wearing bright red lipstick because it's, Raw, obviously.
1: Yes, I wasn't yes. Gonna, very, I wasn't very gonna get French. Fake blood. Out, very French. I was like, so.
0: <laughs> ooh, I was like French and blood. um But yeah, no, we should do one where you're Snow White and I can be Sleeping Beauty. They're both in the forest. Yes, they are. It's they fun. Are. But yes, yeah, so. But yeah, but, I love to see princesses. Me obviously. too. Oh yeah. Um. Yes. If this is a fairy tale, it's a very dark fairy tale. It's yes. it's more of a traditional fairy tale. And a lot of fairy tales originated in France. So, yeah. Um, besides Julia Deconel, I just love saying things in French. I look... Um, we also have... I think we should mention him because he seems like a very, very good cinematographer. Um, and shit, my notes just disappeared. That's Great fantastic ruben impens who is a belgian cinematographer that is his name so the cinematographer is uh ruben impens he works in flanders and he's best known for his work with felix van groningen interesting name um but besides raw he's done an episode of black mirror called men against fire which i don't watch all black mirror i've watched it but i was kind of bored with it honestly sorry uh beautiful boy which was timothy chalamet and steve carell right and yes. he also did Teton, so um yeah very good cinematographer i hope that he keeps working with her um it was very funny there's the opening scene is very beautiful but it's a very long shot and uh on the build interview <laughs> this the guy i he was trying to get something but she was not having any of his like sass and he was like so how do you get like your cinematographer to do such a difficult shot like when you tell them that this is the shot you want and they come back and tell you oh it's too difficult what do you do and she goes well that's the only way we can get that shot so i don't do anything that's how we do the shot and i was like i don't know if it's because like she's french and maybe they're not as sarcastic or like i don't think they do sarcasm (laughs) So, it's, there's a cultural thing. There are some countries where, like, sarcasm does not fly. Like, it is a very ingrained in American culture, but I think in some cultures it doesn't. Or she's just like, this is bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> but that was, like, the, like, every other interview she was really sweet about, though. Okay, yes. so, I guess we should get into the synopsis now that we've given a lot of uh, opening information without spoiling too much. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have a synopsis. So Justine, a lifelong strict vegetarian, develops a carnivorous taste after joining her sister Alexia at veterinary college. That's it. That's what yeah. I'm telling you. <laughs> um, so at this point, we're going to say spoilers. Yes. Because we're going to get into the plot. Yes. Three, two, one, 2 Yes spoilers.
1: Yes. Yas. And, uh,
0: yes. and uh, yeah, so uh, watch this movie on Netflix. It is currently streaming on Netflix U.S., Um, Don't know about other countries, but definitely in the U.S. it is streaming on Netflix. It is the 2016 movie, Raw, um, because I'm sure there are other movies called Raw, but it's by Julia Decono, and um, hopefully I won't be super annoying saying French names, but I'm trying,
1: because I would be pissed if someone mispronounced my name, so... You know what's funny? Uh, it's the movie, the main character is named Justine. And there's two mm-hmm. things I always think about when I hear the name Justine. One is uh, the Smashing Pumpkin song, 1979, which is like Justine never knew the rules. But Justine's also like the lead character in a Marquis de Say novel, mm-hmm. which obviously, if we know anything about de Say, is sadism because that's a lot mm-hmm. of his topics. So I thought that was really or, interesting. Or if you're
0: American, the Marcus de Sade?
1: Yeah, Marques de Sade. Marques de Sade. Yeah, so I didn't know. I didn't read any interviews. If that was intentional, but I thought it was very interesting to say the least. So,
0: yeah, I th- I think it's interesting. But yeah, so we're gonna say spoilers, and we're going to start. Um, so if you haven't seen it, skip to the end. Um, but I think I think we would both recommend this, right?
1: Oh yeah, definitely. It's a it's a phenomenal movie. So yeah,
0: yeah. I'd, I would. I I love. It. I've now seen it three times, and I still love it every time. So I will say I will say it's not for the faint of stomach
1: definitely but it's not it's not as bad as you think it's going to be oh no definitely not there was only one scene where i hid my eyes kind of i i thought it was like going to be horribly graphic and it really wasn't i didn't jump at all during the movie and other than the one scene i just referred to i didn't cover my eyes at any part of the film
0: it was more realistic than violent like it wasn't like watching hostile
1: no, not it's at not all. Like it wasn't that. torture porn in the least bit, so. And
0: she didn't really want things to be gratuitous. She yeah. wanted it to be more, like I said, like something taboo to become more relatable and tell a story about that. And also, like, she's had a like, I know Tatan was influenced by a nightmare that she's had, which I think maybe is why car crashes are in her movies. Um, but... I think this one was more of just a fascination with this group of people. But anyways, we're going to get into it, and we're going to spoil the heck out of this movie, so stay tuned, Uh, y'all. Okay, so we open on this lonely but kind of pretty tree-lined road where a single car runs into a tree swerving to avoid a person running across the road. And you're like, oh, that's fucked up. And you don't really hear anything about it because the next scene, we're introduced to our main character – Um, on her way to vet school with her parents, uh, Laurent Lucas as La Père, or the father, uh, who was in the Returned series, which I have heard of the Returned, and it's about, like, people who are dead in a small French village, like, they all return, and they're like, hi, guys, and they're like, you're dead, and they're like, no, we're not, and interesting. I think, like, that new, uh, that new TV show Flight Plan, my parents have been, watching it I, it's like a very similar premise where you think all these people are dead and they actually aren't um but he was also in a movie called with a friend like harry and alleluia and joanna priest as la mère um who she's an actor director and cinematographer and she's been in and i've actually heard of these french movies paris Je mm-hmm. lol and Dans paris so, which again, sorry. I'm...
1: Oh, and I have to say, this movie, just because it's a fun oh, title, yeah. she's also in a movie called Nobody Fucks Nico, which I think it's a hilarious <laughs> title for a movie, so.
0: <laughs> I forgot that we had to censor last week's title until I was making up the card, and I was like, oh yeah, we said fucking. <laughs> so yeah. I had to be like, asterisk, asterisk, asterisk. Oops, it's fine.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's great. Uh, um, so... Uh, lifelong vegetarian Justine, played by Garonce Merrier, who uh, was in Teton as another character named Justine, but I do not think, I, I listened to an interview with her and she never mentioned that it was the same character, so I think yeah. she just named the character Justine. Uh, Warning Junior, which was, um, a short film by Julia Decono, and Ad Vitam, which I haven't seen, but... I like this actress. She was in high school when she did this movie also, which is incredibly surprising. She's so good. She reminds me a lot of Anya Taylor-Joy, like such talent in such a young age, like yeah. so mature for her age. I mean, obviously she's an adult now, but when she did this movie, she was a kid. Because when she was asked how this uh, was like her college experience, she's like, I haven't gone to college yet. I do that next year. And they're like, oh, Okay. Um, so, she is at a restaurant with her parents on the way to vet school, and it's kind of like a cafeteria style, and the lady asks her if she wants any protein, and she says, nope, no meat for me, and she's actually served meat, and instead of, like, like, she kind of freaks out a little bit, like, she puts it in her mouth, and she goes, oh, no, and she spits it out immediately, and her mom, like, goes full Karen on the restaurant lady, and she's like, no, mom, don't, and her mom's just like, We're vegetarians. She's never had meat before. How dare you do this? And I'm like, a little bit of an overreaction, but okay. Um, They arrive at school, and they try to call her sister, Alexia, who is already going to this school. And we find out that her parents met at this school. They're both vets. And um, her sister is now going to the school, and she's been there for a couple years um, Alexei is played by Ella Rumpf, which I forgot to write any of her work down, but I know that she's oh. done it because the reason she got picked for this movie is because the director saw her in another film and thought she was so good, but
1: she thought she was a man for some yeah. reason.
0: She didn't know she was a woman. I thought that was interesting.
1: So Ella Rumpf was, in, uh, she was Polina in the TV series Tokyo Vice. Uh, she was in a few movies called, uh, Soul of a, Ty- Soul, sorry, Soul of a Beast was one, Simply for the Devil is another, and then she was in another film called Tiger Girl. So she's been in a few things as well. And I think Tokyo Vice is
0: going to come out on Amazon Prime. Yes, it's upcoming. It's it's based on a 2009 book of the same. So oh, but uh, Baby Driver's in it. Oh, interesting. Okay, and so Elgort and they're the two. It looks like they're the two biggest names there. Nice. So that's cool. Awesome. Cool. Amazing. It's gonna be an HBO Max. I'm sorry. HBO Max. Oh, Ken Watanabe's in it! Ah. Love me some Ken Watanabe. Yes. Anyways. Yes. So, Alexia is apparently nowhere to be found. And, uh, her parents are like, oh, you try calling her, and she still doesn't pick up, so they just kind of leave without saying hi to their child. Um, but, you know, her choice. So, uh, uh justine goes to her dorm room and she runs into she's like going to bed already when she's awoken by all these noises in the dorm room hallways and her male roommate adrian played by robba knight Ophala, um comes in and she's like what the fuck i thought you were supposed to be a girl and he's like he he's like no but i'm gay and you're like uh okay But I guess he's just kind of be like, like, don't worry, like it's not a big deal, girl. Shut the fuck up. Um, But I was like, okay, so he seems to be kind to her though, because basically they're wrangled up with all the other freshmen for hazing rituals, which we both went to college. I don't know. I don't really we do not really get hazed in our school. Yeah. Department.
1: So I was reading about this supposedly hazing has been outlawed in France since like 2000s, like 11 I think I was reading an interview that said that. And so she's like, you know, it doesn't really it happens, but you don't really hear about it when it happens unless it's really really bad. So, because me and Taylor were like, this is the most unsupervised college we've ever seen. Yes. Yeah,
0: but it's also, like, a very prestigious college, so I mm -hmm. feel like they might let things slide because they're like, oh, these kids are so smart. They can't hurt each other. I'm like, oh, they fucking can. Um, And there is, like, a whole underlying narrative of hazing. And, like, how you mature when you go to college like a lot of like it's like a very much a coming of age story. Yes. Um so they're both rounded up by And I'm sorry,
1: did you have anything written down for Adrian's actor? I completely Yeah, went, no, went he uh he was in a few things, I'll be honest, I haven't seen them. Arthur Rombo, uh Abram Up the Mountain and Melton. So those so th- this poor guy doesn't have a wiki page in English, so I went to IMBD um to look Yeah, up that's what, okay, I couldn't find
0: anything in English, so I was like yeah. I, I trust that he's done stuff, though, because I really yes. like him. He's he's very good. He is great. Um, but he seems like he's a kind person and a tr- and a friend immediately because they're, like, made to crawl on all fours, like, in this gross basement. And he's yeah. like, don't worry, like, it's going to be okay. Like, very they're all am- still here.
1: Yeah, it's very animalistic. Like, it's yes. the first type of animalistic thing you see. definitely,
0: so. definitely. And um, they're basically rounded up, and they have uh, first they have to crawl on all fours in their pajamas. Then they're encouraged to bend, just drink, and slut it up. Like literally, that's what they say uh, in the English translation at an underground rave. And then Justine, who's like very oblivious to sex and partying, is super uncomfortable. She kind of turns to ask Adrian what's going on. He's already making out with a guy he just met, and so she's like, "Okay, he's embracing it." You know, the hedonistic college lifestyle, and she's just like okay cool and then eventually she finds her sister alexia and she calls her alex um she's basically just shaking her butt on stage just the first time we meet her and i love this about this director because she does so many comedic points in her films like there's a lot of lightheartedness and very dark subject matter and there's alexia is almost comic relief at a lot yeah. of parts.
1: And can we also mention Alexia's dog quickly who is like the best behaved dog ever cuz mm-hmm. he's just like sitting next to her. She's dancing on stage and he's just sitting there chilling like at the rave, the dog's not moving. So <laughs> He's a beautiful German shepherd. <laughs> yes.
0: Yes. I, his name's Quickly, which I thought was yeah. a weird name. Mm-hmm. But all right. Um so basically uh she finds Alexia And she basically tries to scare Justine and starts showing her around, like, this dark school. And Justine's just kind of like, I'm fucking exhausted. So she goes to bed instead of, you know, partying longer. And then, of course, like, she's going to bed and she immediately hears Adrian and his new friend come in super late. But he's, like, also like, shh, be quiet. Like, he's actually, like, trying to be, like, polite to his roommate. So I was like, you know... If you're gonna have hookups, at least they have separate bedrooms too. Yes, like it's not like they're that. sharing the same dorm room. Like, yeah. Um, and they do they do start going to class. Yeah. The next I, day,
1: I really like this scene. So the next scene is they give a ketamine to a horse, and I think this is really a cool scene because it's very much in real time. You see the ke- the horse react to the ketamine, mm-hmm. and I don't know if you saw this, but. Julia actually got permission to film a sedation that was already happening at a vet school. So, this was, like, a Ooh. real sedation in real time. And she just stuck her actors in the frame. Um, but she says she wanted to show that something so powerful was also at the mercy of its own body. it's so, is so
0: interesting to see, like, a horse be lifted. Yeah. Because it's such a big animal. And, like, I used to... I grew up around horses when I was really little. And... We never, I mean, none of them got, one of them, only one of them died while we were there. And she was very old. She lived a very long, happy life. But, like, they are so big. Yeah. And, like, they are, so, I mean, so big. And I was six when I, was, oh, probably four when I started riding them. So, like, with my parents. It wasn't until I was, like, five or six where I was allowed to ride them by myself. And these were, like, sweet horses. These weren't, like, they had thoroughbreds, but I wasn't allowed to ride the thoroughbreds. Because they will buck you off. Like, thoroughbreds are very. Very high-strung and very high-maintenance. They're beautiful, though. Um, but, yeah, it's interesting. that, And it's it's interesting because they're at vet school. Like, animals, all this fun stuff. Um, and, basically, we are also are told by the Hazers that until they ring an air horn three times, they're still considered, quote-unquote, rookies. So, uh, that's kind of a looming... You got a ticking time bomb, which is interesting. So, then comes, like, the first... Like, major plot point where we get into the thick of it. Um, Justine is told to eat a raw rabbit kidney as a hazing ritual. And she's like, she's so innocent and sweet. She's like, oh, no, I can't. I'm a vegetarian. (laughs) And, like, they're like, bitch, we don't care. And she's like, no, no, ask my big sister. And Alexi is like, uh bullshit just go ahead and eat it and like she's like no and she's she basically like peer pressures her into doing it and she eats one first just to prove it's gonna be fine and adrian eats one and like she eats one and then immediately like starts coughing up and like not feeling good and uh at lunch there's this classmate who just starts bringing up like monkey rape and yeah justine insists that monkeys are self-aware and it's wrong to rape an animal yeah um and then she's also like i mean we all love animals isn't that why we're at vet
1: school to take care of animals which i thought was very sweet i like i really really like that scene too because that's so she's like yeah you know a monkey sees itself in a mirror it recognizes itself in a mirror and mm-hmm. I'm sure a monkey that's raped would suffer the way a woman would. And so all of her classmates look at her like like she's from a different planet. But I instantly saw that she sees herself closer to animals. Like she, yeah. she understands the connection between humans and animals are not that different. Even before the thick yeah. of everything happens. Which I thought was really mm-hmm. interesting for her as a character too.
0: And obviously for her being a vegetarian is more about animal loving than, yeah. like, I just don't like meat. Because I had two friends in high school that were both vegetarians, and one of them was, like, I just hate the taste of meat. Actually, I think both of the ones in high school. But I've also had friends who were, like, I just don't feel comfortable eating meat. Which I get. I think the meat industry is really fucked up. Yeah. And so when I can, I try to, like, do free-range organic as
1: best as I can, but it's also very expensive, and I'm not super rich. Fun tip. But I try. Fun tip for our listeners out there, you can actually help out tremendously if you just eat one vegetarian meal a day. Like, that's yeah. what that's or do what Meatless
0: Mondays. Yeah. Do you meatless Mondays. I actually do like a lot of vegetarian meals. Yeah. I mean, it depends, obviously, but there's a lot of vegetarian meals that I've grown to like, and, like, you don't have to eat meat all the time, and, yeah. But, you know, we've all seen the documentaries. It sucks. I don't think you should treat... Any animal like that, uh, being an animal lover, but I'm also a meat lover, so I I don't know. I've never been able to fully give up on meat, frankly, but it's, I mean, it is what it is. I do try to, I like I like vegetarian stuff, though, yeah. and sustainability is a big thing, too. Anyways, um, but we do know that Justine is, like, the smart kid in class, and Adrian tries to cheat off her, and she's like, no, and he's like he's getting frustrated she's like oh it's easy i insist and uh her professor when she turns in her paper like she's absolutely convinced she's like gotten everything correct he's like oh there's a mistake right away and he's like uh -uh, it's too late and obviously this professor like doesn't give a shit about how smart she is he's just like "Ah." and so she's like it's a lot of like new things and i remember like going to college and being able to breeze through a lot of high school and then i was like oh my god i actually have to study i've never like really had to study my entire life yeah it's crazy and some professors just want to break you and some are like no i want you to succeed it really depends i had a couple professors my freshman year who literally was just trying to fail as many students as possible because it was like their first semester and they went to prove that they were the tough teacher and i was like i'm a freshman like please please be gentle on me um but that night we get our first glimpse into body horror because Justine, like, wakes up with this horrible rash all over her torso and her arms. It's almost like her body is rejecting the meat she had earlier. And she's basically, in her head, confirming her overprotected mother's suspicion of an allergy. Because her mom, like, when she ate meat in the beginning, was like, what if you have an allergy? Oh, my God.
1: Yeah. And this is the, these are the type of things that I think are the most uncomfortable in the movie is that, I don't know if it's because we've seen so many horror movies, but it's like the itching is so loud. So, like, when she's scratching her skin, the noise is unbearable. And then I just was so afraid that a piece of her skin was going to rip off while she was doing it. So (laughs) And then at the
0: very end of that scene, you hear her stomach growl Yeah, she's hungry. And you're like, oh, okay.
1: And interesting Interesting. enough, she also, after her stomach growls, we see a sequence, and it's like she's either visualizing or dreaming of a horse running, and it's slowly, it's trying to get off its harness, which is very interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, She goes to the nurse, and, which is the right thing to do, going to
0: the nurse, and the nurse is like, oh, it's probably food poisoning, so you should probably avoid solid foods, and you know, maybe even fast for a day. Just to see, like, what... Like, get it out of your system. Um, and Justine's like, but I'm so hungry. And she tells her about the rabbit kidney, but insists she wasn't forced. She's like, oh, no, no, no. I chose to do it, definitely. Which is, like, classic hazing. Um, and she ends up telling her... The nurse tells her a story about another girl in the medical department that was harassed about, like, being overweight. And, like... You know, started to like unhealthily lose weight because she just wanted to be normal. But she's like, yeah, freshman year is really rough. Also, she's like, smoke everyone yeah. smokes in France apparently. She's just like a nurse smoking a cigarette, which is so funny to me. um But yeah, you want to go on for a little bit while? I'm sorry. I've been
1: talking. No, no, you're okay. So, yeah, so um sorry, I had to pick up my train of thought too. I'm like, wait one minute. No, you're okay. I'm just trying to distract. Yeah, so So. (laughs) she, you know, and the nurse tells her, because she tells her about the story about the overweight girl, which is already, it's another interesting thing about how people, um, multiple times in the movie, comment, like, on Justine's body, or the nurse in this case is commenting on this other woman's body, Mm -hmm. and uh, she asks Justine, she's like, what do you think of yourself, and Justine's like, I see myself as normal, and she's like, well, I recommend you find a quiet corner and hide in it.
0: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You're like, oh god. Yeah, it's probably good advice in college. Yeah, it's being hazed
1: exactly and so she leaves the nurse's office and the senior is supposed to be club week so the kids are supposed to be dressing like club attire and when the senior yeah. finds her in non-club attire she's forced to look like it wears a diaper to class and so that night she tries on her sister's club clothes and she ends up and this is really cute she's not comfortable with the style of the clothes and so yeah. she wears them over her jeans and t-shirt which i think yeah is, Reminds me of something I would have done as a younger teenager. Yeah. So I think that's. Well, really she, funny. she has, like
0: the high heels on over her regular shoes, and she's just like walking out of class. It's very funny. Yeah, instructor is very funny. Like even though like it is very graphic and kind of I wouldn't call it scary, but it is very graphic. A lot of body horror. Like this movie has a lot of comedy. Yeah, which I, I appreciate.
1: Yeah, it is. It, it's just, like it's kind of funny in like unexpected places. And so then the poor thing drags her mattresses out of all the other mattresses that were, like, thrown outside. And she goes to walk back into her room, and she walks in on Adrian receiving a blowjob. And so he's just, like, unfazed by it. He just closes the door. But then when he closes the door, she just stands outside and listens. So she doesn't, like, bother to, like, walk away. She just stands outside and listens. I think she's a little shocked. She's like, oh, okay. Yeah. I think like, she's curious, too, like, personally. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a
0: little bit of like, oh, what's going on there? Yeah. Um, and, uh, she and Adrian, like, obviously, they become friends. Um, Adrian uh, and her are going through the lunch line. This is <laughs> it's funny. It's so cute. Yeah, it's, it's funny. funny. She, she decides, she, like, thinks she wants to try meat for the first time. And she, um, she, just, she just decides to steal a hamburger patty and put it in her pocket. Yeah. But I was just like, I mean, no one's going to care. And Adrian's like, uh, no one cares. And she gets caught, of course. And he's like, oh, well, you want to really try some meat? And so he's taking her to a rest stop on the bus, like, further into town to get some shawarma. And um, on the way, they're on the bus and they see a car wreck in the same spot that that car wreck from the beginning of the movie happened and like she's like in trance but she's like oh my god oh that's terrible and you know just a hint and they go to the gas station they eat the shawarma and at first it's so funny cause Justine's like oh no like don't watch me eat I can't do it if you're watching me like cause I'm shy cause I've never had meat before and then eventually she just starts tearing into it yeah. and you're like okay so she really likes meat alright and then there's this weird moment where this older trucker yeah, like starts really creepily hitting on adrian and i mean like again adrian is
1: like 19 i guess yeah sort of like 19 years old so children basically. oh justine's supposed to be 16 in this movie okay so he might yeah. be 18 yeah like, I very think she's, young
0: yeah she's a bit of a wonderkin, but i so they might start college a little younger too in mm-hmm. france than they do here but they're teenagers yeah and this guy is like caressing his ear in his face and I was like oh my god Ugh. like it's And Adrian like doesn't hit him away but he also doesn't encourage him he just kind of like lets it happen to him and he's just like um okay um but he he's like starts commenting when he finds out there from the vet college
1: how pigs are almost like humans and so really weird moment um oh which which fun fact uh, I have to say this uh I read this somewhere that a it's funny you said that the pigs are like human because Campbell's equate the taste of human skin to pork. Yes, they do. Yeah. So very Which, interesting. By the way, Gizmos, um, he is chewing a
0: stuffed pig toy yeah. as we speak. Um, he's gnawing on its little face, um, and then comes the first like kind of gross scene because Justine is still craving meat, and you see her. Adrian wakes up in the middle of the night and finds her, like, looking in the mini-fridge. And he's like, what the hell are you doing? And she's like, oh, I just, I'm hungry. Like, I just wanted some, like, cereal. I'm looking for milk. And he's like, okay, the cereal's on the top shelf, not in the fridge. She's like, yeah, but I, I need milk, too. And he's like, um, okay. Uh, what the fuck ever, weirdo. And <laughs> so he lets her go. And he goes back. And then she finds what she was really looking for. Which is a raw chicken breast. Now, this was completely made of sugar. Not meat at all. But she starts gorging on it. And then they kind of, like... Thankfully, kind of don't show the whole thing. But she just starts eating a raw chicken breast, which is fucking disgusting. And uh, uh, she seems to love it. Um, But yeah, it's pretty... Pretty gross. And then the next scene, that asshole professor is accusing her and Adrian of cheating. And I, I guess he did, because he did, like, try to cheat off her paper. But, like, she doesn't really want to turn him in. But she gets so this is – okay, this part's grosser to me than the chicken breast. Yeah. Because she starts eating her hair, which is something I used to do when I was a little kid. And my teacher would always yell at me. I don't know why, but I used to chew my hair. Now, my – I didn't eat that much hair, but, um – because this part's really gross, which I was eating lunch the second time I watched this because I forgot about this part, and I was like, hmm, that's great. Um, she basically gets nervous, and she's, like, chewing her hair, chewing her hair, and she finally is just like, yeah, yeah, he cheated. I'm, Yeah, he did. I'm sorry. And she feels bad about it, obviously, because she feels very guilty because she really likes Adrian as a friend. And then she goes to the bathroom and starts vomiting up her own hair, but she has to, like, pull it out, and it is so disturbing because like if you've ever thrown up hair or stringy things or you know the other end trying to get stringy things out of your body it's really disgusting and awful and I I, I did not ever throw up my hair but I will say one time I threw up spaghetti because I was sick and I ate spaghetti and then I started throwing up and it was the weirdest sensation ever Spaghetti this is disgusting. Spaghetti like literally came out of my nose. Oh my And it God. was I it was the worst sensation I've ever had. It was terrifying. So I was having like flashbacks to that watching this. But there's a little comedy after this body horror because she comes out of the bathroom and this other girl, which I think is supposed to be the girl from the nurse's story. I'm not sure, but it kinda seems like it could be her. Uh she's just like, you know, it'll come out easier if you use two fingers. And then she just kind of walks away. (laughs) just like, oh, she thinks she's purging. It's funny. It's darkly humorous. Yes, definitely. Um, Very sweet of that girl to try to help her out.
1: Yeah. And especially considering the fact, I can't remember if it's before or after the scene, but Alex says, you better not be bulimic because that's gross. And so it's really interesting that people are already commentating on Justine's body. Um, Because she is going for a change, but it's not that kind of change. Yeah. so yeah, that's that's really I definitely I, yeah, I think it's really interesting. Um but in the next scene, I guess because she's feeling kinda bad because of riding Adrian out, she finds Alex and she you know, they they have a little bit of bonding sister time on the roof. And she asks her, she's like, do you find me weird? And she's like, no, I didn't. And she's like, look, we're going to, look at me pee standing up. That's not exactly how it happens, but that's it's basically great. what happens. But they, she they both. She teaches her
0: how to pee off the roof. Yeah. which As is, a girl.
1: It's really something cool that Julia does as a filmmaker is that she definitely wants women she doesn't want them to be like, oh, they're so beautiful and fragile. Like they are very real people. They do like weird things and crazy things, and they don't wear. Yeah. They don't wear makeup, and they have pores, and they have like visible like lines mm-hmm. and goosebumps on their bodies. Uh, so it's very, it's not something you see in film often, but it's something I can definitely appreciate too.
0: I really like that. I I, I love that you point that out because even Teton was like that too. Like her, the main character was not like. She's beautiful, but like they didn't make her like pity. Yeah, like she when she was at her job wearing makeup, she was beautiful. When she was just at home, like she just like slumped in her like chair, and I was like, yeah, because that's how real people act. Um, It was nice. It was very nice. Yeah. Um. But, uh, Alex,
1: (laughs) this reminded me a lot of me and my sister's relationship in college because. Very interesting. She also uh, founds the same rash cream in her sister's medicine cabinet when she goes back yeah. to the room. So. Da, da, da.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, but, as I was saying, out of my own teenage years, as Justine's looking through the cabinet and finds the rash cream, Alex just starts randomly plucking her eyebrows. I was like, oh my god, it's my childhood. I love you, Holly, my sister. But yeah, she used to just like randomly try to pluck my eyebrows. Because um, I I do think big sisters have this thing of treating their little sisters like little Barbie dolls. Like, not in, the, not in a bad way. They're just like, ooh, I can do all this stuff to you and make you look so cute. And it's like, in a very loving, sweet way. But, like, that's kind of a big sister thing. It's fun. It's cute. Um, but... She starts plucking Justine's eyebrows and then she offers to just do a Brazilian on Justine. And Justine's like, um, okay. And they, they really they, like, they don't show any like vag, but uh, she's wearing underwear, but like yeah, like they show pubic hair and nice and close up. Like very honest, very raw, very real, <laughs> very raw. <laughs> um, And okay, Alex seems to be almost enjoying putting Justine through pain. Like she's almost like a sadist, she's just like, Oh, like it's kind of hilarious to her that Justine's like crying out in pain. And she gets a piece of wax stuck, and Justine starts like freaking out. She's like, Okay, let it go then. Like, what's plan B? And she's like, Ooh, scissors. And I'm like, Oh my God, that's a... like, wouldn't you just heat it up with your hair dryer to get it off? That's what I would do. In my... But she says, No, scissors. And so she's holding scissors. Justine freaks out and kicks her off of her. And that looks like pops up, and she's like, "What the fuck is wrong with your face?" And then she just pulls up her hand, and half of her middle finger is just gone, and like she immediately faints, and like there's just blood gushing out. And uh, I will say, Justine originally has the right idea. She calls nine one one they say it's going to be at least 15 minutes and she's like oh my god that's too long and so she goes to find the finger quickly is trying to eat the finger so she grabs it from quickly and she goes to the fridge presumably to get ice but her stomach starts growling again and she's like it's okay like this is like this is the scene that really got me the first time because I didn't think it was going to go this far i thought it was going to be like a raw meat thing i didn't think it was really going to be cannibalism but she first just starts licking the blood that's dripping out of the dismembered finger and then she starts sucking on it and then she just chows down on it like a fucking chicken wing
1: yeah i wrote the exact same thing she said like a chicken <laughs> wing so at this point taylor also i had to put a few of his quotes in my margins he said what the fuck am i watching bro <laughs> uh yeah same fam same yeah, like
0: yeah, it was yeah. I and the thing is, this is the scene where I was like, "Oh my god!" Like she's fucking eating her finger. Like, I didn't think it was gonna really happen like that, but it does. And her sister like wakes up while she's sucking on her finger, and she's just like, "Okay."
1: And and her parents come and meet them, and she has like what? that one single tear, like which mm-hmm. I think is very telling. So, yeah. but just that one single tear come out of her eye. But yeah, Yeah. afterwards at the hospital.
0: Yeah, they, like, there's this, okay, also there's this part where this old man pops his dentures out, and she's like, smiles at him, and he pops his dentures out and starts maniacally laughing at her, and you're like, what the fuck, dude? Um, But her parents are there, and she comes out, and they're like, oh my god, are they gonna reattach your finger? She's like, nope, quickly ate it, so, you know, it's gone. And, like, she stares straight at uh, Justine, and you're just like, oh, so she's covering for her interesting and at first you think like oh good sister great but then there's like yeah the mom goes full karen again at the doctor's like what do you mean you're not gonna reattach her isn't there a prosthetic and they're like i mean she didn't have any nerve damage so really like it's not worth it to try to do something like that um yeah and yeah, i i literally said the girl's mother starts karening out yeah (laughs) and so basically justine yells at her and runs out
1: yeah and then so later they're outside and like we were laughing at this too because the dad later like he's smoking a cigarette and hands justine a cigarette and we're like okay everyone smokes um but he's like quickly it's gonna have to be put down because he may grow a like uh to like the taste of human flesh yeah which i i guess is a thing yeah yeah
0: I feel like, I don't know. I've been bit by a dog, but I mean, they didn't eat my flesh. Yeah. Like, it was just a little yippy dog, and he got upset, and he, like, nipped at my face. But, like, he didn't, like, acquire a taste for human blood. Like, yeah. he didn't, like, start attacking me from then on. Yeah. because so, we were friends afterwards, so. I don't know. But I guess that is a thing. And then I do think it's it's telling that he looks at her... Before he walks away, don't have two girls. It's too hard. Yeah. And I was like, okay. Um, and Like, Alexia's like, in the wheelchair and Justine's pushing her. But when she figures out her parents have left, she gets up and, like, just abandons the wheelchair. Yeah. And um, she tells Justine, like, hey, we need to talk. And she takes her to that freaking road that we've seen several times. And she starts, like, crouching on the side of the road like a, like a panther like, waiting for its prey, and, uh, like, Justine's like, what the fuck are you doing? And Alexia runs in front of an oncoming car and causes it to crash into a tree, and then offers the victims of the car crash, who she says, oh, they're not gonna make it, to her sister, and she just starts chowing down on one of them, and... Uh, just seems like, no. No, I'm not going to do this. No. And she just walks away. And as she's walking away, she takes her shirt that has blood on it from the car wreck. And you can see, like, her rashes returning again. Yeah. Which I found interesting. It was, like, a nice little touch. Yeah. But it's a really great scene. Like, the way it's, like, filmed is just really cool.
1: Yeah, because it's, like, it is really nauseating because she starts to, like, lick the wound from one of the men's heads. And she's like, I did it for you so you can learn. And so it's like totally So she's been doing this Yeah exactly like she's been doing this And Alex and I think that's like Earlier in the movie You know the parents make a very quick Quib about like oh call your sister Maybe she'll answer for you And I think there was something I think this is something that Alex went through By herself and she's essentially Trying to lead Justine through it But Justine's not like Alex Like Justine does not want to enjoy Does not want any part of it um so uh later exactly exactly yeah yeah. and so we do later see justin and adrian doing autopsies and it seems there is a dog as is one of the animals that's being autopsy and it looks a lot like quickly it's not quickly but it it, yeah it it isn't um but i think it's like trying to imply like yeah quickly is gonna be put down because of this um and afterwards she goes to town on that dog, too. Yeah. And
0: Adrian is, like... And she's still nervous around Adrian because she ratted him out. And he's just, like... He just, like, stares at her, like, what the fuck's wrong with her? Because she just is, like, going to town Yeah, on that dog. And I thought that was interesting. And he comments to her, which were you about to say this? How he comments, like, oh, I'm sorry about your sister?
1: No, no, he did. I was um, Yeah.
0: So he's, like, he's, like, oh, that sucks what happened to your sister. She's, like, I thought you didn't like her. And he's, like well, yeah, but that's still really sucky to lose your finger. And then Justine's just like, oh, tell her that it's just a finger. And I mean, like, she's obviously trying to downplay it because
1: of her own guilt. Yeah.
0: And um, and then Justine starts watching Adrian and his friends play basketball.
1: Yeah, and it's very, I, I thought this was actually kind of humorous, so... um I know in Japanese anime, it's a big thing when a man is horny, his nose bleeds, and it's like a comedy trope Mm -hmm. in anime. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. uh, Justine's watching Adrian play with his shirt off, and she starts to get a nosebleed, which is like, oh, she's craving his flesh in more ways than one, which is.
0: Well, she she likes South Korean cinema, so she might have seen it on anime. Maybe, right? Because that was part of her intro, that she likes South Korean cinema, so. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah she did she loves she loves uh South Korean films because she's like they're genre blending they don't fit into a neat box so maybe it maybe that's true yeah
0: but maybe that's where she saw it because honestly if you're watching South Korean movies you've probably watched an anime or two like mm-hmm. you, you don't just pick up yeah. South Korean films without dabbling in anime and Japanese movies too like
1: oh yeah you know I would imagine um
0: even okay so then this is like okay this this sequence is the transition is really sad because oh, yeah. we see a disembodied sheet be pulled off of quickly's corpse which is very sad
1: yeah and it's almost like there's a awakening so there's like this idea of this awakening i don't really know how it like ties in together but it you see her nose bleeding and then she touches it and then it goes to that scene of like this this sheet being pulled off of quickly. So it's very eerie, though. Very It's, eerie. Very, it's
0: very ghostly, almost. And yeah. then comes one of the best scenes where I'm gonna have to read the lyrics in English, because I love this song. Um, So she's wearing that blue dress that Alexia uh, let her wear, and she's wearing it properly this time. And she's, like, doing her hair and makeup, and she's listening to this really badass song. And I love this because at the New York Film Festival, the lady was like, that's not a real song, though, right? And then <laughs> Tacorno's was just like, absolutely, it's a real song. Yeah, it's by the band Ortiz. And Ortiz is a French band made up of twin sisters. And they, from what I can remember people referring to it by, because, again, it's French, not American, so it's hard to find it in English on Wikipedia, but they do have a Wikipedia page. Um, they basically decided that they want to rap about men the way they hear men rap about women. So they're very vulgar on purpose and very in your face. And the lyrics that she's listening to is first lesson seduction to be a whore with education, making fun of boys, prefer hearse writing, having sex with or having fun with oral sex, censoring the appellation, and ensure during the action citric acid and pheromones climb the metronome. And th- okay, this was this is okay. <laughs> You're no longer a man. I'm going to do you good. You will love it when I hurt you. You will savor. Uh, between us, it won't last. It's your fault. You were too ugly for the wedding night. <laughs> Which is just hilarious. I don't know. Anyways, um, but it's a really cool song. Um, I had to listen to it a couple times. Um, but it's from their album Sex
1: Tape. I think it's, like, it references, at some point, necrophilia, too, which was, like, Yeah, they do. They do. Yeah. And they're very
0: provocative, obviously, because, like, there's literally, like, the fifth picture when you Google them is them kissing each other, which I don't mouth-kiss my sister, and that doesn't mean there is any incest, actually, but obviously they're trying to be provocative. Oh, yeah. But, anyways, I thought that was interesting, because everyone's like, that's not a real song, right? She's like, yeah, it is. Like, what did you think I found it? Um, But she's, like, getting real, she's, like, feeling herself. And she's, like, putting on lipstick and smearing it. And she's very, like, animalistic. Like, she's, like, awakening. And um, she's kind of interrupted because she finds Alexia and Adrian just playing video games in the next room. And she's, like, okay. And then Adrian's, like, yeah, come to the hospital party. It's going to be hardcore. And this is another sequence that is, like, a lot
1: of partying. There's a lot
0: of, like, party sequences, much like Tataan.
1: I will say this real quick. There, so when Adrian, because just because when we talk about darkly humorous scenes in this movie, this is yeah. one of my favorites. So uh Adrian leaves, and she's telling Alex, she's like, "I don't know if I can go. I don't know if I can uh get for my urges." And Alex is like, "They're talking." She's like, "I hope I at least tasted good." And Justin's like, "You taste like curry," which I just <laughs> thought was so funny. Like,
0: also, she's like, "Don't fucking touch Adrian." She's like, "I thought he was gay," and she's like, "No, you know what I mean, bitch." Yeah. Like, he is off-limits, he is my friend. Yes. Um, which is interesting. Um, but, yeah, they go to a party. Oh, and also, like, oh. I think Alexi is, like... She calls Justine basically anorexic. Like, in a negative way. Like, she says it in, like, a oh. mean way. And she also was like, why did you only... Why did you stop at my finger?
1: Yeah. And, and that's what... Um, I actually remember the next scene now. Because it's almost... Because she starts to go for, like, withdrawals. It's, like, what you think is happening yeah. in the scene. And the camera is, like, really on her face. And I think, I think I read somewhere this was the hardest scene for her to the film. Yeah, that's what she said. Yeah, and so, um, it's like she's going for these withdrawals, and she wakes up and walks down the hall. And I thought this was a dream sequence until she turns into a room and Blue's paint is just splattered all over her. Yeah,
0: because she's, like, literally just in her underwear and a tank top because she's sleeping. Yeah. And it's kind of terrifying
1: yeah it's really scary and so she's basically she's thrown into a bathroom with another underclassman who's painted all yellow and they tell her not to come out until they're green ew yeah
0: not that it's ew to make out with someone but i don't think forced making out or rubbing all over somebody is cool and the guy like starts rubbing her and he's i mean he doesn't seem that skeevy yeah but also like that's the thing with hazing is like you encourage people to be skeevy which leads to bad things. Like, not that, yeah. like... Like, you have a choice, obviously, as a person. But I just think it's a it's a negative environment to, like... Be like, yeah, just make out with a random stranger. It's like, if you want to make out with a random stranger, by all means do so. But do it in a safe, healthy way. You know? Make sure you yeah. don't have COVID. And, or an STD. And... You know, use protection and maybe tell your friends before you disappear with a stranger. You know, to, like, I don't know. Maybe I'm too cautious.
1: No, I I I get it. I think it's smart to be cautious. Well, and that's what, he does seem to, like, go slow. And she seems to, like, be, to enjoy it. So she starts making out Mm -hmm. with him. Mm -hmm. But then, like, we see outside the door and we hear him scream. And he rushes out and part of his lip is bit off. So...
0: Yeah, and it's, it's pretty, it's
1: quite bloody. Yeah, it is. And so, obviously, this is the turning point, because they, they, I think her classmates automatically get split between thinking, like, was he attacking her, or is she just a fucking freak?
0: Yeah, and she just kind of runs away, so no one really knows what the answer is, and you see her, like, this is gross, (laughs) this is also gross, but not as gross as the finger scene, she, she runs home and starts showering off all the paint, and then, like, she. Okay, here's the thing is, like, she's done withdrawals, right? So she gets a piece of meat out of her teeth and she throws it on the ground and then she, like, picks it back up and eats it. And you're like, Ugh, gross. Um, yeah. It's like the guy from, Gold, like, uh, Austin Powers, Gold Member. <laughs>
1: they yeah. had skin
0: shavings, which, okay, we've all chewed on a hangnail, but. It's really gross yeah. to like actually eat it. It's nasty. Like on a regular it is. basis, that's gross. By the yeah, way, I, I don't know imagine. what Tyrion's chasing, but it looks like a spider.
1: Oh, it's Pogo, and it looks like it is oh. a spider. Yeah.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. I totally said
1: no. Tyrion. No, it's okay. It's okay. Um, they take it as a compliment. So um, Pogo yeah, kill no, the spider.
0: spider.
1: Oh yeah, he will. He's my predator. Like out of the three of them, he's the one that's more likely to go after something. So
0: yeah, because he had to live on the streets, he's a street kitty. He is. Yep. He's, <laughs> he's a, a tough guy. He's an old old war veteran for sure. So Aww. yeah, I want to
1: paint a picture of him in an army uniform. Oh yeah, that seems about right. He's—I don't know if you ever know this, but he actually has a uh, cut up, like his his ear is actually cut. It's probably because he was part of a spay and neuter release program. Yeah, but he does. He has a little bit out of his ear, so he does. Yeah, it's cute. Yeah, battle cute.
0: Or he got into a fight. Who knows?
1: Yeah. I did see Blue kick his ass a couple times. We had a, another cat at our apartment complex. He was a Russian Blue. And he called him Blue. But he was big and beefy. And uh, Pogo thought he could stand up to Blue. But Blue was a lot bigger than oh him. Oh, my. So, yeah. Well,
0: he's still a scrappy guy. He uh, is. <laughs> yeah, so, so, basically, then she kind of lays down in Adrian's bed with him. And he asked her, like, he's like, so, was that guy hurting you? what was going on and she's just kind of like why do you want to know and um he's like well i'm just trying to figure out how you work like do you like M, or is it worse than that and she just kind of is like piss off man and
1: then... yeah and so she leaves but then yeah. she comes back oh and, and- he's watching porn Yeah, he's watching porn as she comes back. he's watching, like, gay porn.
0: Yeah. But then she comes and she's like, it's really bad.
1: And then all of a sudden they just start having sex. Very Mm -hmm. clumsily. Very, like, animalistic, too. They do start having sex and it's very kind of rough. Very, very animalistic. And as they're having sex, she tries to bite him multiple times. And he's like, hey, stop. Hey, quit it. Hey, quit it. And eventually she instead bites into her own arm, and as she bites into her own arm, she seems to orgasm as well. Um, so yeah, so obviously, um, we now see these urges, these, these these hunger urges also connected to her sexuality in this way too. And surprisingly, Adrian does lay there and hold her as she, as she comes. Um, so the next day they're in class together and you can see where Adrian is kind of trying to forget that any of this has ever happened. But I think she sees where Alex texts him and she gets very upset at him for having Alex's number. And so he he gets fed up and he walks out um, of the room after yelling at her. He's like, I'm gay. And he just leaves. And so once again we see another party scene. And it opens up, there's, like, a girl licking a guy's eye. And at this point, Justine has really bloomed. Like, she's in full animalistic, full sexuality. And so she starts to um, attempt to make out with this guy. And when this guy's girlfriend pulls her away from the guy, it's like, what the hell are you doing? She attempts to make out with the girl, too. Um, so, this happens, and then Alex drags her away, and the way the scene is set up, it looks like maybe Justine's really, really under the influence, and Alex is essentially acting as a savior and pulling her away, and they go into this morgue, and she opens the door, and it seems like there's a human body. And so, the next morning, the next morning, the next scene, we see Justine waking up, and it's apparent that she's almost having, like, a hangover. And, um... Yeah. But as she goes to class, like, no one wants to sit next to her. People are staring at her as she's walking down the hallway or avoiding her. And so, Adrian takes her to the side and is like, hey, we need to talk. And he shows her a video of what happened the night before. There's a
0: very cute, like, funny scene where, like, this girl scoots away from her. And then she's, like, sniffing her armpits like, do I smell bad? What the fuck's going on? Yeah. But, yeah, Adrian shows her what everyone's been talking about. Which is a videotape of Alexia teasing her with corpses in the morgue when she's blackout drunk. Because she obviously blacked out the night before. Yeah. Because they go in the morgue, she passes out, and then she wakes up the next morning in bed really hungover. And, like, it's pretty bad. And everyone's, like, laughing and cheering her on and stuff. And it's pretty bad, not gonna lie. Like, yeah.
1: And it's really the ultimate betrayal, too, because it's her sister of all people.
0: Yeah, which is what leads to the next scene, which is kind of fucking amazing.
1: I love the next scene. So she finds Alex and she fucking fights her. And so they're fighting (laughs) outside in front of everyone. And how interesting, too. So Alex bites a plug out of her cheek and then latches onto her hand. That's terrifying. And people start to film it. So, and then this, this is the, the thing. So they finally, are. they start to film it. They finally pull the girls apart like yeah. rabid dogs. Like, so, but they film most of it before deciding to pull them apart. Okay, they're like, okay, let's get some of this action. Okay, they fought, they've they been fighting for, like, two or three minutes now. Let's pull them apart. Yeah. So.
0: <laughs> well, I think the professors weren't around until then. But all the kids yeah. were like, oh, it's fine. And, like, eventually, like, they're basically in an embrace. And they're both biting each other's wrists. Yeah. And it's like, this is fucking disturbing. Um, yeah. And uh, they they are pulled away and then they end up, like, in Justine's dorm. Uh, Justine and Adrian's dorm, I should say. And Alexia, like, starts very gently bandaging up Justine's cheek. Like, she's very sorry about it. And she's in Justine's room and uh, she, she, like, is letting Alexia sleep in her room. And she almost locks the door when she leaves Alexia. But then she's like, no. Because it's, like, almost like she wants to give her sister that extra chance. Oh, because yeah. also, did you say the thing about the text message that she sent her?
1: Yeah, about, uh, she's like, oh, quickly had to be put down, LOL. Mom's so Mom's sad. Mom's upset.
0: LOL. Yeah. Like, she doesn't, like, take anything seriously or, like,
1: have, she, it's almost like she's
0: losing her humanity.
1: And yeah.
0: so, but she's, like, holding out hope that her sister's still A person. And, um... She goes to sleep in Adrian's bed. Platonically. You know. Um, but in the morning, you hear... It's a very interesting sequence because you hear the air horn blast that signals, like, they're at the end of them being rookies. And you see all these freshmen, like, emerge from their hangovers. And they're like, oh my god. It's almost like the war is over. Like, it's pretty dramatic. And then... Justine wakes up in bed with Adrian, and she rolls over to find he's, like, non-responsive. And she looks under the blankets, and this is so fucking sad. Um, like, literally, someone has chewed his, the outside of his thigh down to the, the like, shank, like, the bone. And there's blood everywhere, and he starts, like, leaking blood from his mouth. But he's gone, and she is yeah. just so upset. And she thinks she's done it. Like she just assumes she did it in her sleep. And she is like, "I'm so sorry. Why didn't you stop me? Why didn't you stop me? Why didn't you stop me?" And then she looks on his back, which she, you know, they're facing front ways to each other, and there's like a like it's like someone stabbed him in the spine. And with her ski pole that she had had earlier, and she looks on the floor, and the ski pole's all bloody. And then she looks around the room, and there's Alexia, covered in blood. Like, she looks like a fucking dog that got caught. And, uh, she shows her mercy. She she thinks about stabbing her in the forehead and putting her out of her misery with the ski pole. But then she decides against it, and showers them both off because she's covered in adrian's blood because she was trying to save him and um it's not a good fate for alexia she is the next time we see them she is in jail which i hate that we don't like see any like like adrian's parents or anything like what happened yeah but i will say the director wanted adrian to be like the sunshine of the film and like almost a hero, because he does show humanity, and he is, like, kind of the bright, shining example of a human in this, and Justine chooses to be a human, and Alexia chooses to be an animal, and that's straight from the director's mouth, and I get it, um, and I will say, like, it's kind of sweet, because she visits her in jail, um... And she jokingly gives her the finger and then kisses Justine's scarred cheek through the glass. Um, but it's just sad. Yeah. It's really sad. And I, I'm guessing Justine probably got kicked out of school. Well, I don't know, because she didn't actually kill him. But who knows. Um, but then, I don't know, do you want to
1: tell the very last scene?
0: Because it's yeah, quite so-
1: interesting. So they go they go home, and Justine's sitting at the table with her father, and their family dog's okay. I feel like I should mention that. The family dog is the okay. family dog's fine. It's only uh, quickly. Family dog is only poor quickly. Um, but Mom walks away, and he's talking to Justine, and they seem to both think of Justine as, like, a... Like, it's just a tragic fate. Like, it wasn't her fault. And so... This is what's interesting. So, I'm watching this movie, and I see his mouth, and I'm like, oh, he must have had a cleft palate. Because, like, I had a friend who was born with a cleft palate, and he had a small scar above his lip. And so, I commented on that to Taylor. I was like, oh, he must have had a cleft palate. And, um, he's, like, talking, and he's like, you know, when I met your mother, she said I was her best friend. She said I was her best friend. and She, she did She was tough, and she didn't have a boyfriend, and it's when she gave me her, when we had our first kiss is when I realized. And, and then he it says,
0: it's not your fault, yeah.
1: but it's also not your sister's. Yeah. We, yes. we tried to find a solution. Yeah. He's like, we tried we to, failed. but and then I think he's like, we didn't try hard enough. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it kind of really focuses on that scar on his lip. And so. He opens up his shirt, and, like, slowly reveals his shirt, and Justine just gasps, and there's, like, scars all Everywhere. over his body. Fresh ones, too. Yeah. And he's yeah. just like,
0: you'll find a solution, too. Don't worry, sweetie.
1: Yeah. Which is terrifying. Yeah, and it all makes sense, like, it all kind of comes together of, like, okay, no wonder her mother was freaking out so bad about that fucking meatball at the beginning of the movie. You're like, oh, because
0: she doesn't want her daughters to kill someone. I mean, like, they don't really blame Alexia, but they're, like, and they do blame themselves, and he's, like, maybe that's why he said don't have daughters, because he's, like, genetically, they're predisposed to this, and also, like, you know... It's, it's, it's hard. Maybe they shouldn't have had kids because of this, but he obviously loves his children. Um, And I mean, I'm like, so Justine has to find someone that's okay with him being not on or her. Although she seems to be more of the heterosexual persuasion. But who knows? I don't know. I don't want her fighting too many people to figure that out.
1: Um. I know, right? You <laughs> gotta think also, like, how many, like, their father is, like, very sacrificial because I wonder mm-hmm. how many people her mother may have killed eventually if it wasn't for the relationship she had with her husband.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's pretty terrible. I hope down below everything's okay.
1: Oh my god, right? I mean, well, he had children, so I would think. <laughs> no blowjobs for him no yeah Absolutely exactly my table my thing is is that i'm like they must have swim shirts in france because i'm like it's amazing because i'm like i i know i've seen my father in swim trunks before but it's like obviously justine's never seen her father's mm-hmm. torso before so mm-hmm. <laughs> it's
0: yeah it's pretty pretty fucking crazy
1: i do love that ending though and then it just yeah. ends
0: raw, Da-da. Like, the music's really good in this movie, too.
1: Oh, interesting enough, I don't know if you noticed, but basically it goes from before Justine starts to transform, it's like a soft plucking, mm-hmm. and then the organs come in after she has her first bite. When she starts her first meat, bite. It's great. Yeah. It's like yeah, classic. It's really... It's really subtle, but really cool at the same time. Yeah.
0: I thought this movie was very interesting, too. Um, By the way, Justine and Alexia weren't even supposed to be siblings in the original drafts of the script, and then she couldn't figure out why their characters weren't working, and then she made them sisters, and it all made it work. Um, Yes. I, yeah, I was trying to think of anything else that we haven't said. I will say there's a lot of animalistic uh, direction, too, because Justine was told to act as a panther. And, like, that was her body movement choreography. And, like, so she's a scared panther when she starts out. And then when she discovers herself, she's, like, a proud panther. Which you can, she did animal work, body work, basically. They taught us that. She in
1: also, they, uh, Julia also told her to watch Possession, which I know is on our list, and it's, and it's cool. never streaming. It's never streaming. <sighs> but Julia told her to watch Possession to be like, if you want to see someone fully let go, that subway scene, go into their performance. That's Possession's mm-hmm. the movie to watch. So or climax. And does, but I don't yeah, think climax, climax was out yet. I think climax mm-hmm. came after this movie. Yeah, and she does, I mean, she is very, we talk about very um, brave. Like, she was mm-hmm. so brave in this movie, and she did such a phenomenal job, especially for someone so young. So Yeah,
0: and I will say, uh, about, like, the cannibalism, um, she she was, like, you know, it's a coming-of-age story, but it's also a sexual awakening story. But it's also exploring, like, the truth of cannibalism and embracing discovering our own humanity through monstrosity, which I thought was a cool Way to put it. It doesn't have a label, but she she didn't want to label the movie. But she was like, you know, I want it to be a metamorphosis, and I want it to explore the gray between the black and white of life. And I was like, that's cool. Which I think she does a great job doing this. I think this is a a standout film. I think it's beautiful. I think it's emotional. I love the the way the juxtaposition between the two sisters. And you know, she specifically said Justine had an upward journey an ascending journey into humanity, whereas Alexia has a descending journey into animalism, basically. Which is very sad, but instead of, like, just taking us on a journey of one side of the story, we see both sides, both, you know, both outcomes that could happen with this kind of issue. I mean, it is interesting. I don't think, I think, yeah, I agree with her. We usually see cannibals. I think probably the most alluring cannibals Hannibal Lecter but most of the time yeah. it's like Texas Chainsaw Massacre where they're almost like comical and yeah like she really give gave them humanity and made it relevant and um I do think you can feel for her and feel empathetic and relate to this character
1: which is interesting yeah we talked about before the podcast started filming that she has a very good job with both movies of having what I call sympathy for the devil, yeah. where it's like these characters that are very, um, they do very bad things, but at the same time you still feel compassion for them despite yeah. the bad things they do. Um, which I think is very amazing to write characters like that. Um, yeah, there a few different things I had. So, um, Like I was saying earlier, so she could have made the easy choice. It's a female movie. She could have put anything about blood tied into menstruation. She didn't. She said in her movie, blood is identity. Mm -hmm. Um, And the sisters, like you said, they're both identical in some ways, but they're polar opposites of that, too. And I think about that scene where they're biting each other's hands. And it's Mm -hmm. like if blood is identity and you're consuming your sibling's blood, what does that say? You're like, consuming yourself, basically. Sorry, it's I was interesting.
0: answering. Also, she yes. said a lot of stuff that came to mind for her was mitosis and when mm-hmm. cells split and how they are the same but they're totally different because they're now separate. And how when you split cells they both feel pain. They both yeah. feel loss. And I was like, That is so interesting. She's a very interesting director. I like her a lot. Yeah. That's why I was like, Tatanic. I don't yes. I don't know what's going to happen, but I know it's going to be a journey and it's going to be very pretty and have a lot of cool French music in it that I've never heard before. Um, yes. And a lot of clubbing scenes. They both have clubbing scenes. Um, they this do. This so good. I love this movie. I still love it. I've now seen it three times and I still love it just as much as I did the first time. I will say my stomach is definitely stronger this time around, though.
1: Yeah, and that's where I said it before and I'll say it again. This movie was not what I thought it would be because I was expecting, like, a gore fest. I was expecting something that I was like, oh my god, I'm not going to be able like, I'll watch it, but it's going to be so hard. And I did not have any difficulty watching this movie. No. The only scene that was a little cringy was the um, Brazilian wax. But other than that, I think it was yeah. actually quite beautiful. Mm -hmm. um like beautifully filmed beautifully written and beautifully acted so it had it had all those things going for it it
0: is much more stark than tatan because tatan uses a lot of like technicolor like and neon colors but i still Mm -hmm. think this one's really beautiful and there's some scenes that are gorgeous um yeah so and they they do bring in like the neon with the club scene so it's not completely like that um Mm -hmm. but yeah i obviously strongly recommend this movie um Especially while it's on Netflix, everybody has Netflix pretty much um, do was there anything negative you had about this movie? I think we both talked about at least one negative aspect.
1: Yeah, the only uh real cons I have is one um we talk I talk about this a lot in terms of my favorite movies and the rewatchability factor. I think it's a great movie. I think it's a movie that has a lot of great analysis to it. Um, I don't really see it as one. I know you've watched it three times. I could see myself watching this again. Oh, I would watch it again I, and again and
0: again. I love this movie. I don't movie. see
1: I don't <laughs> see myself like watching it like 15, 20 times. But I love there it. is a lot of great things to take away from this movie. Um, the other thing is and I told you this, I didn't like the idea of Justine and Adrian hooking up. I yeah. I'm I am a I I'm a straight woman. I don't know if this is my place to talk about this, but I think it it's borderline offensive. Now, granted, his sexuality is fluid. Maybe Adrian is trying to figure out his sexuality. Maybe he identifies as gay. But I know you had said that she was she didn't want him to be attracted to Justine in a sexual way. Yet right. he still ends up hooking up with Justine. Well, and I think, I think that's a little. I think the
0: intent is very innocent. I do think her intent is innocent. And she said she didn't want it to be... She was afraid if they were both, you know, heterosexual male and female roommates that... Or, like, if they were both girls but they were both gay. Like, if if they had an attraction to each other that was established from the beginning that it would mean less when they hooked up. And it it wouldn't be, like surprising like it would be very rudimentary and boring and she didn't want to do that and she was like i don't want adrian to accept her just because he's attracted to her i want him to accept her as a friend and be that guiding light and be that sunshine that friend to her and have a genuine connection with her i didn't want to over sexualize her and i feel like by having a heterosexual attraction or i guess any any like attraction from the beginning people would just assume that they're gonna hook up and i don't think i think in adrian's eyes he's helping a friend out because there are a lot of people who are very nervous about losing their virginity and they would rather sleep with a trusted friend than like wait for the perfect person you know and i think it, it depends on your journey and sexuality and i think yeah. that's what he's thinking he's doing but then he regrets it because he's like, "Oh, well, that was not smart of us to do that." Um, yeah, because now, like, you are going to feel attracted to me, and I don't want to date women anymore because it seems like he dated women in the past.
1: And yeah, because and I was would denying agree with that. Himself.
0: And you know, everyone has their own journey of sexuality. I do know friends who, before they figured out their sexuality, they did have a lot of heterosexual relationships. Yeah, I don't know, again, we're two straight ladies, so I don't know what I'm talking about. I think that's what she's trying to say, is that he probably slept with a lot of girls trying to convince himself he wasn't gay, because he struggled with it, and now he's embracing himself, and he wants to, you know, live his life, live his truth, and so then he feels like he fucked up
1: yeah and i mean it's a possibility i don't know what she was thinking when she wrote the character um now i will say this she doesn't seem like julia does not seem like a malicious person she no. doesn't seem like a cocky person no. so i don't think she would ever set out to do something that she didn't believe i just felt like watching it i felt it was so what i also felt too was that it also put more of an emotional stake when he died Is personally how I felt because it wasn't just a friend at that point. It was a lover. So I think that's where, to me, just me, my opinion, I think it makes it a little bit more messy.
0: Yeah, and I think maybe it would have been better, like, excuse me, you mentioned this, like, earlier. Like, maybe, like, they could have had her sleep with the other guy.
1: Yeah. But, again, I
0: don't know if she would have because she's very shy. So I don't know. But. yeah. And also, I think the point of her biting herself to not hurt Adrian, I don't mm. know if she would have done that with someone who she didn't already have a relationship with. So maybe. I get what she's saying, but I do agree mm. that the way she did is kind of messy. And I don't think, I don't, I'm not going to say if it's offensive or not, because, but I do think it's maybe like good intention, weird execution. Yeah, fair enough. Like, Like, you know, I don't think she's hateful. I don't think she's homophobic or anything like that. I think she's trying to do the opposite. I think she's trying to be inclusive. But the way she was being inclusive is kind of, it's kind of a rough start. But I feel like also, you know, this is her first movie and maybe she didn't know how to articulate this. I mean, that really is the only, like, negative one.
1: Yeah, and it's not really even negative because it's like you said, it could just have been as it could have been as easily as he was sexually fluid, or maybe yeah. he was just trying to be there for her in her time of need. Maybe he was trying to deny maybe he had just figured out he was gay and then being attracted to Justine on some level for a wrench and things. All those things are big possibility. It just seemed like yeah. the one thing that kinda stuck out like a sore thumb upon my initial. It's viewing a little of weird. And she
0: has a very positive aspect like like she loves the character of adrian she said it was her favorite easiest part to write yeah and she loves him so i don't think i don't think there's anything nefarious i just think the execution was kind of weird but yeah i think that's the only real negative and it's not even it's just weird so yeah i don't know again if you are part of the lgbtq plus community please let us know how you feel about it because we don't know just being allies, you don't necessarily know. So Yeah, that's true. Um, do you have a rating for this movie?
1: I do. So, I, I gave it 8.5 out of 10. Okay. Uh, once again, I thought the acting was great. I thought the script was great. I thought there was a lot of great um, things to take from the film, a lot of great analysis. I'm so glad that... Um, Actually, it's really sad. I, I I really hate hearing people misconstrued this film into something it's not. I think it's actually a very beautiful movie. Mm-hmm. So,
0: oh uh, yep. yeah, I actually wrote down a bunch of funny one-star ratings from IMDb. If we lot. want to, I don't know if we want to do it here for this episode, or maybe on TikTok we can do dramatic readings of them. Yeah, that would be kind of funny. That's so so funny. maybe we'll do that on TikTok yeah. this week because it they are really funny. Uh. They're pretty hilarious. Um, I gave mine a 9 out of 10. I love this movie. I still love it, seeing it three times. And I for me, it's rewatchable. I understand if some people don't want to rewatch it. But Tom was the same thing for me. I think I just really like this director. Yeah. I, I don't know. I really like her. She, um, I like the cut of her jib. And uh, I, I think she's interesting. And I love her visual style. So I just love her. Um, yeah, so 9 out of 10 for me. I hope she does even more movies. I'm so glad Tatan won the Palme d'Or at Cannes. A con. It won Tetan won the con. And I'm so excited that hopefully that will encourage her to do more movies. Again, I don't know if It and Lamb are going to get nominated for Oscars, but I think both of them, I'd be okay with them winning, frankly. Yeah.
1: I like that I think them. both of them I like both of them, too. They're both drastically different films and both uniquely beautiful at the same time, so.
0: Mm-hmm. So, but, yeah. I don't think this one got nominated, unfortunately. But it still has a 96% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is still which really Which is really
1: good, good. yeah. Um,
0: but, of course, like, I think Google is, like, 7 out of 10, which, okay, whatever. I think it's a mile out of 10, so. Um, but, yeah, it's great. Again, I'm never going to give anything a 10 out of 10 because nothing's perfect. Or I haven't met True. it yet. But I do think this is, I think this is on par with Parasite. I think it's on par. The, the filmmaking is beautiful.
1: The filmmaking is beautiful.
0: and its so. I mean, it, they have a wonderful cinematographer, but she is very much like, her, I am, she is sure of herself and she knows what her vision is. So, you know, if she ever fails at a film, she'll at least do it interestingly. So, yeah.
1: Did you have a Grindhouse Girls rating for this? I did. I did. Um, so I rated it C for car crashes, curry, and cannibalistic urges.
0: Oh, okay. I like that. I, I had, I ended up having three. <laughs> oh. I had rated C for cannibalistic catharsis. Oh, okay. And then rated R for raving siblings and rabid cravings. And then rated S for sexual awakenings and sensual shanks.
1: Because ah. they eat his leg. Oh, that's true, so. that's true. How about we do another um, mixture one of, Could we do car crashes, curry, and cannibalistic... Um, Catharsis? Yes. That's a lot of Cs. That is a lot of Cs. <laughs>
0: yes. So with that, I think we're done with Raw. We are. It's Go see it, guys.
1: It is a great movie. Um, it is on Netflix, so watch it watch
0: it do it and now we get to pick next week's movie well brit does it's brit's pick it's gonna be our last movie of november because then we're taking a couple weeks off yes so well i think we're only taking no i don't think we'll post for we might not post for two weeks it's either be one week or two weeks but the first week of december we will be
1: posting something We will. We will. So, this is a busy time of year. Obviously, this is, Halloween's a busy time of year for a lot of reasons, but usually Thanksgiving and Christmas are very family-oriented holidays versus friend-oriented holidays. There's some friends in there, too, but, um, so, yeah, we definitely want to spend some time with the family, especially me and Katie both have families that live a couple hours away from us, so... Mm Got to get some time in for them during this mm-hmm. this time of the year. Oh, yeah. Um, we were originally going to do Devil's Backbone. It was on Hulu. It was streaming. I was super fucking excited about it. And then um, it went off. So that wasn't good. But Mrs. Dell, which I apologize, Mrs. Dell, that I said the F word in your name within a minute of each other. She doesn't um, care. It's fine. But but Mrs. <laughs> Dell, Katie's mom. My mom. My uh, mama. Her, her mother. Um, made a comment that I think she said we never did a movie before 1970. Is that right?
0: Yeah, she was like, why don't you guys do, like, some older movies like to add, like, some variety? And I was like, well, we did some in the 70s. And she's like, that's not old, Katie. And I was like, okay, I'm sorry. And there are quite a few good ones. And, of course, they're going to be in black and white pre-1970. Yeah. Um, of course, they had the capabilities to have color films back then, but... Um, They weren't very popular, especially not horror movies because they weren't going to have the budget that big blockbusters are going to have.
1: Exactly, exactly. So I started trying to research a little bit about what movies we could do. And there was one I saw on HBO Max and I messaged Katie about it. And she was like, I've been dying to see that movie. And I was like, okay, let's do it. So we are doing the 1955 French film Diabolique, which is on HBO Max not the um, remake with kathy bates no no we don't like like most like as a horror movie lover we very we very rarely talk about remakes in horror films so we are talking yeah. about the 1955 yeah version. unless it's the thing then that's okay yeah, yeah that's a good remake that's a yeah. good remake so the i was having this discussion at Carpenter. work
0: there somebody yeah. asked me like when you watch a movie that's be, been remade do you watch the original first and i was like I don't think I even, like, I hardly ever watch remakes. Like, I'm like, I, yeah, I feel like that's the polite thing to do is watch yeah. the original because they came up with the idea. Mm. Yeah. But exactly. this is an infamous film.
1: It is. It is. And so I I can't remember, was this one on the scary movie moment? It was. I feel like it was.
0: Okay, yeah. So I think some stuff has been spoiled for us from that, but I'm going to not yeah. rewatch that until
1: after I've rewatched this movie. yeah. So um, we're really excited. This is another French film. I, I actually did not look it up beforehand. I don't know if this one's subtitled or not, but we like subtitled films, so that doesn't bother me I'm sure English it is. Clever.
0: So it's got, like, built-in subtitles in the film in English, and I think they've also dubbed it into English. So if you feel like watching it dubbed, looks like the option is on HBO now. It's also, I believe, part of the Criterion Collection. So um, if you have Criterion, you can also watch it through that, too. So, but it looks like you do have the option. It'll say you can't do subtitles on HBO Max, but that's because they're built into the film. So, they don't have to give you the subtitles, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. So. Which sucks if you're French and you are hard of hearing. Oh, yeah. Because you can't put French subtitles on. That's kind of sucky.
1: Maybe it's different on HBO Max in France. Hopefully. Yeah.
0: But I thought that was, I mean, I, I like that. At least you know if it's built into the movie, probably the filmmakers did that. Yeah, so it's probably a more accurate translation. Um, so yeah, so we're gonna watch Diabolique. Yes. And yes. it would be fun. I think. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> I it's think like it will a be. murder mystery kind of thing. Yes. So. Yes. It, it's very like fatal attraction with a twist, is very, like, not exactly, but, like, mind games and whatnot.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: A lot of gaslighting, um, which I find very interesting. And it's two women teaming up against a man. Yeah. Which, this is an older movie, so that is, like, not super, super prevalent. So, I mean, I think that's cool.
1: I think it may be based off a of book, too, which I will have yeah, to Yeah, I think it might into. be a
0: play. It's either a book or a play yeah um but it is french and it was released in 1955 Mm -hmm. so it's definitely definitely an older film so here you go mom yay
1: i used to watch
0: it yes (laughs) um yeah so yeah so with that we're going to bid y'all adieu um (laughs) because of french um. Anyway, <laughs> sorry, I've got a dachshund <laughs> behind me chewing on something, so my brain's gone. Um. But yeah. Well. bid you do, and um, be kind to one another. I forgot to say, get your vaccine if you haven't. Be safe. Get vaccinated. I need to get my flu shot. Keep saying it on the podcast because I need to schedule it. Um. Get your flu shot. Drink fluids. Uh, My allergies are driving me crazy. I hope yours are better. It finally got cold in the South. We're in the 50s and 60s. Yay! Yay! Like, we do hit 72, but that's acceptable for the South in November. But I'm wearing a sweatshirt, and I'm not sweating, and I'm so excited right now. Um, Be good to one another. Treat yourself well uh treat everyone else well if you're traveling for the holidays be well don't um don't don't tape your little sister eating people that would be very bad don't do shit like that um and just be good to one another and be safe we love you guys thank you for listening thank you for interacting and thank you uh i was we were planning on doing this for thanksgiving if it was streaming but we had several listeners including dalton who was like you're doing raw for thanksgiving right and i was like yeah actually we are yeah (laughs) so if you message us on instagram you might figure out what movies we're doing in the future oh and also we are gonna have at least one special guest in december so look out for that we'll keep it a surprise but i'm very excited about it so yay yay um but yeah i think i've said everything i need to say
1: yeah, um, yeah. uh, pretty much sorry. same thing for me, guys. Uh, nothing, you know. Uh, take some time for yourself. I'm getting tired. My brain starts to just saying, "I'm like Katie." I'm so sorry. It starts to it's shut okay. down, and I don't always sound very articulate at this point. Um, but you know, I uh, thank you. Says you're great, huh? Gizmo says you're great. <gasps> thank you, Gizmo. Thank you. Gizmo's um, right here, but. Thank you guys for always spending some small part of your day with us. I hope you're taking care of yourself. I hope you do something nice for yourself today. If it's taking a nap. If it's ordering a milkshake. A milkshake sounds Ooh. really good right now. So do something nice for yourself. Um, thank you always for listening. Um, thank you for the likes, the comments, the shares, the um, sliding into the DMs, messaging us. Um, <laughs> so we, we, we love it. Sorry. We love it. If you guys want to give back a little bit, especially this time of year uh, during Thanksgiving time, um, and you also want to get heart healthy, go volunteer at your local Humane Society. There's always dogs yeah. that need to be walked. They spend a lot of their time in the shelter in and cages. And a lot of shelters need blankets. They do. Monday they need cold. blankets. So, yeah, I think we have Giving Tuesday. I want to say Giving Tuesday is at the end of the month. I'm going to make sure that's right. So, Giving Tuesday is on November 30th this year. Um, So, Giving Tuesday, you can donate to your local Humane Society. Maybe you can um, volunteer at your local food bank. You know, support a local business. Um, Also, people without
0: homes are going to get... It's going to get cold. So, if you have a shelter for people, um, please donate there, too. Because we love the pets, but we love the people, too.
1: Yes, we do. We do. And I feel like I... I feel like I'm so am oriented uh, but Katie's very right. Um, any any kind of difference you can make in your community is always a good one. Yeah. Or um, just so donate
0: th- some canned food. If you can't, if you don't have time, Yeah, go to a local church. And almost every church has a canned food drive. Almost all of them have food banks. So, you know, try to help. I, I mean... mean I miss, honestly, my church that I grew up in, we used to do Christmas and Thanksgiving boxes, and we used to, like, deliver them to people, and it was, like, honestly the funnest thing to go shopping for someone else's Thanksgiving dinner, and, like, the look on their face when they get it is just, like, oh, I just want to cry, in a good way. Yeah. It's nice. I miss doing it. I wish I could do it again. I don't know of a church that does it anymore, but, like, angel trees are cool, too, like, where you can go shopping. I like going shopping for little kids' toys, like, Toys for Tots, like, when you get an actual list and you're like, oh, this is what they need. Like, it's it's nice.
1: Yeah, and it is really dope. nice. And in Rescue, um, they have a lot of sayings where they're like, you know, if you can't adopt, foster. If you can't foster, donate. If you can, donate, share, or educate. So, if you guys yeah. don't have time or money, you can always share church's Facebook post. Or you can share someone's yeah. Facebook post that's like, hey, we need volunteers. Hey, we need blankets. If yeah. you don't have anything and- else,
0: share. Spay and neuter your pets so they don't have so many homeless animals. Because my brother, like I said, got two puppies, two brothers. They were in a litter of six. They were literally scheduled to be euthanized when the rescue organization that they got them from found them in the shelter. Like, they were dropped off in a cardboard box at a kill shelter. And luckily the kill shelter called the the organization, um... Because they do do that, but these puppies are, like, the sweetest babies. Like, they are not, like, vicious at all, and I can't imagine just dropping them off at a kill shelter and not arranging some... Like, like just knowing that they're good-natured dogs, you yeah. know? Because it's very obvious. They're very much like Gizmo. Love people, love to play. Like, they immediately walked into my lap when I sat down in front of them. Like, no fear of humans. Just completely sweet. And it just breaks my heart that, like that that dog those dogs were so close to not being here yeah and now they're my baby fair nephews their names are finn and odin and they're adorable oh we don't know what they are but they're some kind of german shepherd mix they're gonna be big boys they're gonna be huge they're already bigger than gizmo and they're like maybe maybe three months maybe four months they're huge anyways i'm sorry but yes help animals help people help where you can if you don't have money volunteer and if you don't have time give Some money, and if you don't have either, send good vibes, yeah, or exactly. share stuff on Instagram. If you see a charity, share it yeah. on your Instagram story so that the other people will see it who do have money.
1: Oh, yeah, and that's you know. the thing you can share on Facebook, share on Instagram. Um, so yeah, you you have the power to change the world You've for the better. The power. Sorry, you do, you do. And with that, guys, um, we're gonna say good night, we're gonna yes. sign off. But as always, we just look forward to seeing you. Um, same yep. spoopy time, same spoopy channel. Stay spoopy, y'all. Stay spoopy, y'all. Bye. bye. Good night. Bye day. Good day. Did whatever. <laughs>
0: Christmas says bye. 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 The Grindhouse Girls podcast is a production by Katie Dale and Brittany Ray and edited by Katie Dale. All music used is royalty-free and will be in our annotations. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions, please contact us at contact us at grindhousegirlspod.com or visit our website at grindhousegirlspod.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon.